You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 247 of the Canadians Connection podcast, and I'm very pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor-in-chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. And Rick, how are you doing today? Doing great. Welcome back, sir. Glad to have you back in the studio, um, especially on such a busy day. Um, we're in the midst of the QMJHL draft. Um, all 14 rounds taking place in Sherbrooke today. Tonight, we got game four of the Stanley Cup final. Vegas up two to one. And it's the last day of the NHL scouting combine. It's wrapping up uh, in Buffalo. And uh, we do have some coverage on the NHL Scouting Combine. Uh, the title of today's episode is uh, Hughes Hints at Habs Draft Strategy. Uh, we'll get you up to date with everything Montreal Canadiens here in this first segment, plus an update on the Habs prospects. In segment two, it's the big topic where we're going to be covering the NHL Scouting Combine. Did Kent Hughes send a message to message at the combine that's mm. a good question to ask and uh, we'll take a look at that we'll uh, want you to stick around for that big topic segment for sure in uh, segment three it's the have your say segment uh, we have a listener that reached out to us so we'll be reading uh, what he had to say and we have our canadians connection question of the week and the question is what's the most important quality to you when selecting a prospect size skill statistics testing performance character let us know. Uh, reach out to us. And, uh, Rick, what's the best way for our listeners to reach out to us and let us know? We get lots of texts from our um, listeners, and that's because we set up a special Rocket Sports text line for you, available to you 24 hours a day. You can text us at 5853-ROCKET. That's 5853-ROCKET. If you got more to say, send us an email, uh, hello at rocketsportsmedia.com. You can also reach out to us on our social medias. Just give us a follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and check out the website, canadiansconnection.com. 
So this past week on June the 9th, it was the 30th anniversary of the Montreal Canadiens defeating the Los Angeles Kings in the playoffs to win their 24th Stanley Cup. Uh, the series Montreal won that 4-1. to uh, This was all the way back in 1993. If you can believe it's been 30 years already. Uh, great team but overall. Uh, Patrick Waugh, Vincent Danfus, Kirk Muller, and uh, Rick, what's your recollection of this? Well, it was it was incredible. A team not expected uh, to compete for the Stanley Cup, but a, a team that um, was put together with uh, a lot of character players, uh, with with Patrick Waugh and um, a very determined, competitive bunch who won uh, ten overtime games in a row uh, to to take that Stanley Cup and. And and maybe got some uh, help along the way, and and uh, we remember the Marty McSorley um, illegal stick call, and that that maybe turned the series. Um, uh, Wayne Gretzky um, controlled during that series. It it was uh, it was incredible. It's hard to believe uh, that it was uh, thirty years ago uh, on Friday when we heard Bob Cole's famous call. And now a twenty fourth Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. And that's the siren at the end of the game, as was customary at the old forum. Of course, the Canadians um, haven't had Stanley Cup success since moving to the Bell Centre. The Molson Centre first then became the Bell Centre. And... Not only is it uh, 30 years since the Montreal Canadiens won a Stanley Cup, it's 30 years since a Canadian franchise has won uh, the Stanley Cup. So um, who knew back in 1993 that this <laughs> there would be such a drought? And, and so it's, it's, um, it's kind of a double-edged sword there, remembering uh, both the, the, the power of that moment, but also uh, it's sad. <laughs> it's sad for a... A franchise like the Montreal Canadiens uh, that it's been um, 30 years and and um, you know for another time we'll we'll look at why that exists uh, and 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 why um, it's been so hard for the Canadians to win a Stanley Cup I, I think um, the only thing I'll say is that um, it, it's it's difficult for any team to win the Stanley Cup but uh, winning the Stanley Cup has to be your primary focus, and that all that hasn't always been the case um, in Montreal. So make sure you're checking out Habs Notepad and Habs Headlines throughout this busy offseason at HabsHockeyReport.com. This past week, uh, we had some big news drop. On Monday, the Canadians signed forward Cole Caulfield to an eight-year contract extension worth $62.8 million. Uh, so I can officially stop ripping out my hair on a daily basis. Uh, it's nice that uh, Cole's going to be around on a long-term deal. Honestly, I felt like this was headed towards a bridge deal, but uh, nice to see that uh, it seems like a pretty uh, team-friendly number. It's a long-term contract. I think that speaks to the state of uh, the Montreal Canadiens' internal culture. Uh, Cole Caulfield seems to be uh, having a good relationship with Nick Suzuki. Maybe that's a part of it. Uh, but uh, it's nice to see that uh, Montreal was able to lock down a star long-term. Yeah, I, you're right. And I think I think this is, um, as is being said, a good deal for all that uh, they got it just right. Um, Cole Caulfield uh, seems happy. He uh, he said he explored with his agent all the the possibilities, but that he uh, wanted a minimum 
of six years. He didn't want um, a short-term deal. He understood that, um, you know, there was the potential of uh, perhaps making more money after the the cap went up, um, and but that uh, that wasn't part of, of his mindset, uh, that he was always looking uh, for a, a, a lengthy deal. Um, and, and this is, this, this buys, uh, you know, uh, his best years. He's, he's going to be under contract between the years of 22 and, and up to age 30. And, and, uh, you know, if he can reach his potential, uh, 40 goal potential, uh, then this is a bargain for the Canadians. Um, of course, uh, on the other side, there's, there's uh, injury risk. There's there's uh, risk associated with the the size of the player, um, and that you know he hasn't he hasn't yet. He's been on on track, but he hasn't reached that uh, that forty goal mark, or maybe maybe more. Um, but I, I think this is this was right. The Canadians had uh, a salary hierarchy, um, and they wanted their captain to be their their. Uh, uh, top uh, paid player, and um, so the it, it's just a hair difference, twenty five thousand dollars difference, um, <laughs> and uh, and and Cole Caulfield comes in just under that. Yeah, so uh, let's hear from Cole Caulfield himself on what it's like to sign a contract worth sixty two million. Uh, to be honest, it really doesn't make sense to me. Um, it's, <laughs> it's something that uh, yeah, I could have just dreamed about as a kid, but uh, even this number. I wouldn't even have popped into my head. I mean, I just love to watch and uh, to be able to do this in, in a place like Montreal for that amount of money. I mean, put the money aside. I just love being in Montreal, but um, it's huge to, to kind of have my family um, safe and uh, things like that. So I, I couldn't be more proud. Uh, my parents are very excited. My family's all excited. So um, I think uh, we're in a really good spot. Now, Colt Caulfield is not necessarily, uh, you know, his his interviews are are pretty straight. Typically, uh, you don't get big quotes out of him. But I think this is as as, as excited as he's been in um, an interview. And why not signing a almost sixty three million dollar contract? And and I thought it was great the way he framed it uh, that this was not only important for him but important for his family. Um, his parents who have supported him and coming from a modest background and his brother. Um, and, and it's, it's, um, it's, it, it was a time for, uh, the family to, to celebrate. Now, uh, he didn't find out just Monday morning. He said that it came, the news came and, and, uh, when he got the news from his agent that the contract was completed, he gave us uh, a call to his, his mom who was at work, uh, a teacher, and um, he said she was busy, so uh, she had to call him back. Um, he, even with such uh, monumental news, um, I thought that was kind of, uh, you get a sense of, of, um, of, of the family and, and what's important to them and their priorities. I thought that was, uh, that was really neat. Yeah, it's a cute little story and uh, nice to hear Cole Caulfield be very excited at an interview. I wonder uh, how long it's going to be before we get another excited Cole Caulfield interview <laughs> like that. Uh, we have uh, one more quote coming from uh, Cole and uh, he's talking about how this contract won't change him. Um, I mean, honestly, it's it's not going to change anything about who I am, um, anything like that. I think just coming to the rink every day, um, <clears throat> I, I, I do it for free. So uh, my passion for the game. Um, it's, it's never going to change. I'm, I'm really excited. And, you know, obviously it's, 
it's really special for, for me and my family. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, I just love being a hockey player. That's a great answer. Uh, I love being a hockey player. I do it for free. Now, you don't say that in contract negotiations, but that, that level of excitement. And uh, let's hope he can uh, stick to his word that, that the money isn't going to change uh, him and not going to change uh, his love for hockey. He was asked how he was going to celebrate, and um, he said that, that he, had a, he was on the ice, he had a workout, and he was going to take a nap uh, to celebrate. So <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, that was a pretty down-to-earth um, response. Just as far as um, his recovering from so- shoulder surgery, uh, he said that he had been cleared 10 days prior um, by the doctors uh, for full activity. We saw him playing uh, we reported on it last week that he was playing pickleball. He said he's been skating um, two or three times a week for the last uh, four or five weeks. So um, he expects to be ready once training camp comes around in the fall. Yeah, nice to hear that uh, he's taking the summer to do some working out and whatnot. Uh, I hope his celebration nap went very well. And uh, <laughs> yeah, no, very excited to watch this player next season. And uh, you just hope that uh, he's able to stay healthy and uh, hopefully play a full 82 games this year. We haven't been able to see that yet from him, although uh, it does feel like he's been around for a while yet, uh, going all the way back to when uh, he played in that big playoff run and yeah, he was a key factor. So I think we're all very excited that uh, Cole Caulfield's sticking around for another eight seasons. Absolutely. So uh, let's get to our Habs prospect report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. So some interesting news coming out of the QMJHL. A few weeks ago, we talked about how uh, they were looking into banning fighting from the Q. And, uh, well, they just put in some new sanctions to try and prevent it. Uh, I'll read them off here. Four different rules to go through. Uh, Addition of a game misconduct penalty for any player involved in a fight. Number two, addition of an automatic one-game suspension for any player declared to be an instigator of a fight. Uh, Number three, addition of a minimum two-game automatic suspension for a player identified as an aggressor. And number four, in addition to the game misconduct, an automatic one-game suspension will be imposed once the player has reached his second fight uh, rather than his third. So the Q really trying to crack down on this. be interesting to see how this goes. I feel like there will be a bit of an adjustment period uh, for players to really catch on and uh, understand how this is going to work. Uh, Rick, where do you stand on this? Well, first of all, I don't necessarily understand the difference between an instigator and an aggressor, uh, but we'll (laughs) we'll let them sort that out. Um, This was coming. Um, We, 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 it's it has a political force behind it in the Quebec legislature. Um, you had a private member, um, Enrico Ciccone, former former tough guy in the NHL, has uh, turned 180 degrees and is now against fighting. You had the Quebec Minister of Sport who said, "That's it, no more fighting." Uh, the new commissioner in the queue came out and said, "We will have no more fighting." And so you knew this was coming, even though there was some pushback uh, from important players and Nick Suzuki was one of them saying um, this is a bad idea. Um, However, the political momentum has carried this. 
it's happening. And um, so far, uh, nothing from the OHL, WHL doesn't plan to change. Um, so we'll see this little experiment, how it, it uh, unfolds uh, this coming season in the queue. Uh, if we want to move just a little bit to the West through the OHL, uh, just last week, the OHL named uh, all-star teams. Uh, there are a few familiar names on that list. Uh, Rick, who are they? Owen Beck is named uh, to one of the all-star teams, as is Logan Mayu. Um, both, uh, we know Owen Beck made it to the Memorial Cup. Uh, Logan Mayu had a terrific uh, season with the London Knights. Um, the only other thing I'll add here is uh, once the NHL playoffs uh, are over, uh, then uh, Logan Mayu is going to receive an inv- invitation to meet with uh, uh, Gary Bettman. And uh, if Gary Bettman is satisfied with uh, what Logan Mayu says, then he'll be permitted uh, to, to um, make the next jump from junior to uh, either the AHL or or the NHL, depending on how his training camp with the Canadians goes. Uh, circling back to the queue, uh, the Quebec Remparts beat the Seattle Thunderbirds uh, to win their third Memorial Cup championship. Uh, the head coach of this team is Patrick Waugh, so I guess a nice way to celebrate his 30-year anniversary of the Stanley Cup. Uh, the Quebec Rampart uh, got goals from five different skaters during uh, the final game to help uh, them win the Memorial Cup there. And, uh, yeah, pretty good team. Uh, I, I I don't think uh, there were any Habs prospects on the Ramparts. On the Seattle Thunderbirds, though, it is uh, J- Jared Davidson that uh, unfortunately uh, had the losing effort. Uh, Jared Davidson was definitely a standout throughout these uh, Memorial Cup uh, tournaments, though. For sure. Um, yeah, the, uh, the Quebec Ramparts uh, played really well, and Seattle Thunderbirds were a powerhouse, a powerhouse offensive team, and uh, Quebec shut them down twice, um, uh, both in the round robin and then in, in the final. Um, so full credit to Patrick. Well, he got a Gatorade shower and, and uh, didn't have a hair out of place uh, afterwards. <laughs> Um, and we'll keep a watch on Patrick Waugh to see uh, if now he is a candidate for one of the available uh, coaching positions in the NHL, uh, something he would he desperately wants. Uh, but back to Jared Davidson, uh, an incredible season, an incredible uh, junior hockey career, and um, it's amazing because uh, we talked about him um, early this season in, in on this podcast. Uh, when nobody else was, um, because we were very impressed uh, by his talent. Um, he's uh, very well respected on his team. He's known as Mr. Thunderbird. Um, and um, I thought it would be interesting for uh, to hear from Seattle Thunderbirds head coach Matt Odette on uh, just what kind of player he's been for that franchise. You know, for the guy that has been with us from day one, um, Jared Davidson, a guy that was undrafted as a 16-year-old, uh, made our team as a 16-year-old, um, and just to see him develop into the player that he became, and you know, NHL draft pick, um, unbelievable leader, unbelievable um, human being, um, and you know, just just proud, and he'll be known as one of the best T-Birds that we've had, and you know, once again, excited to see his career unfold at, at the pro level. Yeah, it, it really will. And uh, when he says he was undrafted, of course, drafted by the Canadians, but undrafted at the WHL level, um, a walk on there. And so um, 
he'll we'll see what happens. Re- remember, uh, he still has to be signed. Um, but I, well, it would be real strange if if that didn't happen. And and uh, very interesting to see uh, what he does at camp and and if he's uh, able to jump to. Uh, the Laval Rockets uh, in in the fall. Um, I, I I think he's been a, a tremendous player, and it's been a pleasure for us to to follow him uh, all throughout this season. Yeah, a bit of an underrated prospect. Uh, not somebody that uh, gets talked about a whole lot. Uh, maybe overshadowed a little bit by uh, Joshua Waugh and Riley Kidney in the queue, but uh, Jared Davidson, uh, in terms of the CHL, he's right up there with those two. So, uh, like we're all saying, uh, very excited to see how this unfolds. And uh, I would hope that the Montreal Canadiens give this guy a contract. For sure. Um, we noticed that the. Um, some of the reporters uh, on the French side are calling him the new Raphael Harvey Pinard. So uh, let's mm. <laughs> let's see if uh, if that's a label that sticks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving over to the uh, AHL news, the Calder Cup final is underway. It's going to be the Hershey Bears versus uh, Coachella Valley Firebirds. Uh, Coachella Valley is uh, the affiliate for the Seattle Kraken, and it's actually their first year in the AHL. So uh, setting the bar pretty high for themselves, uh, being able to reach uh, the finals in their first season. For sure. And uh, as always, uh, our, uh, um, we'll have coverage of that Calder Cup final and how it relates uh, to the Laval Rocket and the AHL in, in general and the way prospects are developed. Um, I know that Patrick Waugh is, or, uh, Patrick Waugh, um, I don't know where Patrick Waugh is, um, but I know <laughs> um, that our own Patrick is, uh, is out in C- Coachella Valley and following this uh, this tournament, the AHL guru, and uh, and he'll be back uh, in Hershey to uh, uh, report on that. And you can you can hear um, his discussion with Amy um, on uh, the the Press Zone podcast that comes out every Tuesday. And uh, just a little note here from uh, the Laval Rocket. They have signed defenseman Olivia Gallipo to a one-year AHL contract. Uh, last season, uh, Gallopo split the season between the AHL and the ECHL 12 Riviere Lions. Uh, I think we both agree that he's probably better suited as an ECHL guy, and it's a little bit surprising to see the Rocket uh, sign him so early on in this offseason. Especially signing him to a one-way AHL contract. Um, a little odd. Uh, as you said, prim- his experience is primarily in the ECHL uh, three times as many games um, as in the AHL, 222 games in the ECHL, 72 uh, in the AHL. Uh, and and the only reason we mention that is because we want to make sure that uh, uh, the Laval Rocket, we understand they have to please their fans in Laval, but also uh, it's a place for development and uh, have to reserve spots for their prospects. So be sure to read all the content at ahl.report and listen to and subscribe to The Press Zone. That's hosted by Amy Johnson and our AHL guru, Patrick Williams. Comes out every single Tuesday, and uh, they've been doing a good job of covering the AHL all season. Uh, when uh, the Rocket are playing, that's uh, one of the main focuses. But uh, in these playoffs, uh, they've had plenty of other good topics to talk about.
throughout these weeks leading up to the NHL entry draft, uh, we have been giving little updates uh, that are relevant to the Montreal Canadiens fans. Uh, last, uh, well, I guess the last few podcasts, we started talking about the Mizoju odds. Uh, that's uh, how you can uh, bet uh, in Montreal <laughs> on sports. And, uh, well, they have uh, some odds on the players that Montreal could draft uh, right now, leading the way, it looks like it's Will Smith. And uh, Rick, what are your thoughts on how this is looking? Well, it's kind of fun, but it's also uh, where people are willing to uh, place, put their bets. Uh, run by Lotto Quebec, they put out these odds. Uh, Will Smith was um, was behind uh, Michkov last week when we Matt V. Michkov when we reported on it. Uh, he's bumped uh, to the favorite uh, this week, jumped up. Um, from an odds standpoint of 4.5 to 3, uh, 3 even. Uh, Michkov stays steady at 4 and following uh, Michkov. Then it's David Reinbacker, uh, the prospect that the, the Montreal Canadiens fans uh, don't want to see, apparently, according to our comments. Um, and then f- um, after Reinbacker, it's uh, Ryan Leonard and Dalibor Dvorsky. So yeah, this is an interesting thing to keep an eye on. I'm not sure where uh, Mizoju comes up w- with their odds, but it is uh, pretty interesting to see uh, Will Smith jump up. And uh, after everything we're about to talk about in terms of the draft combine, I wonder if we see uh, Ryan Leonard uh, take a little jump mm. up next week when we cover this. <laughs> Perhaps. So uh, stick around for segment two. We'll uh, give you the full update on that. But before we get there, we do have some hockey news and notes from around the league. Uh, Danny Briere, the GM of the Philadelphia Flyers, has completed his very first trade as the head GM. Uh, and it's actually a three-team trade. So the Flyers <laughs> receive a 2023 first-round pick from Columbus, a 2024 second-round pick from the LA Kings, and a conditional 2024 second round pick from Columbus as well, as well as goaltender Cal Peterson, defenseman Sean Walker, and Hel Granz. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets receive Ivan Provorov. The Kings receive Hayden Hodgson, uh, Kevin Connaughton, and 30% of uh, Provorov's salary. So this is an interesting trade all around. Uh, one might look at this and think, oh, you know, Philly's acquired a goaltender. What does that mean for Carter Hart? <laughs> we'll circle back to that in just a little bit. I don't want to give too much away, but uh, Rick, how do you feel about this big trade? Well, three-team trades are so easy. So, uh, you know, Danny Breer jumped in, and that's his first That's his first trade as as a GM. Uh, unbelievable um, in in my mind. And, and actually, you can understand uh, this trade, um, you know, what each team got. You, whether you agree with it or not, you can understand why why it was uh, accomplished. And Breer is this is this is obvious. They're in a rebuild now, and what he wanted uh, were the draft assets: getting uh, another first round pick, getting a, a, a perhaps a couple of second round picks, um, and the other players. Um, you know, Cal Peterson. Um, it's signed to a, a terrible contract and had a, a really rough season. Um, it was going to be difficult for the Los Angeles Kings to to uh, part with him and 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 make some cap room. Uh, they managed to do this, unloading Cal Peterson um, in this deal. Uh, so the Kings got what they needed. They wanted cap space, even taking on some of Provorov's salary. Uh, they still had enough cal- um, cap space to go out and sign uh, Gavrikov to a new two-year deal, which was their aim. 
uh, the reason they got involved in this. Uh, they take on a couple of players that uh, probably aren't going to be used. Um, and um, for Columbus, uh, they're wanting to rebuild their blue line, um, it, it appears. And uh, um, bringing in Provorov, is he the guy? Is he still a number one um, uh, def- defenseman? Well, th- that's that's debatable. Um, but, you know, you have uh, a new coach coming in. Uh, in Mike Babcock, who's going to want a strong uh, uh, blue line and want options at bl- at uh, on the blue line, so you bring in Provorov. The next day, Columbus goes out and acquires uh, Damon Damon Severson from New Jersey, um, and you start seeing this blue line that uh, they're putting together in in uh, Columbus. Um, Warensky and Severson, Provorov, and perhaps Juracek. Uh, they still have Gabranson and and uh, Boquist and uh, Blankenberg, all of these as options for for uh, Mike Babcock and and um, you know it, it if it doesn't make sense to, to some fans, uh, it seems to make sense to uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, I like the David David Damon Severson trade uh, with the New Jersey Devils. Uh, the Blues only giving up a third round pick and then immediately signing Severson to an eight year deal. That's that's pretty big. Uh, I do like uh, Severson as a defenseman. That'll certainly help them improve that. Very excited to see how everyone gets along with Mike Babcock. Um, I don't really know to ex- what to expect from Babco- Babcock returning to the NHL, uh, circling back a little bit uh, to Cal Peterson, the goalie that the Flyers acquired uh, last year. He was touted as a guy that could be their next number one, the guy that could be taking over for Jonathan Quick, and he became basically unplayable to the point where L.A. just kept him off the roster, and uh, he's basically a salary dump here. Uh, L.A. having to give up uh, a, a couple draft picks here in order to get him off the books. If you're the Flyers, uh, potentially a reclamation project and a goalie, or the guy that gives you the first overall pick next season. Uh, we'll wait and see on that one. Um, and, and there's a key point here in that Severson trade that you mentioned in that New Jersey signed him uh, to an eight-year deal before they traded him. Um, and because obviously he he could not get um, uh, that, that same eight-year term um, on a new contract with Columbus. So... Uh, Keep that in mind. The 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 sign and trades uh, may become um, may become uh, something relevant to the Montreal Canadiens uh, as as we go forward here. Yeah, I, I like the sign and trade move. Um, I thought Severson was somebody that could have gone for a little bit more than a third round pick, but uh, I don't think that New Jersey was in a spot where they could be uh, negotiating too too much. It uh, seems like Damon Severson uh, was really really wanting to go to Columbus. Personally, I wouldn't want to go to Columbus, but that's just <laughs> me. But uh, excited for Severson to see what he can do there. You don't like cannons? Uh, is that is that it? Uh, yeah, I'm That's, pretty jumpy, so yeah, okay. yeah you know. <laughs> um, moving over to uh, Toronto, uh, Toronto have uh, hired a special advisor uh, to the GM, and that is Shane Doan. So the longtime Coyotes uh, captain uh, has gained quite a bit of hockey ops experience over the past few years, and uh, it looks like he could be coming into Toronto as the new Jason Spezza role. So you know what, uh, Shane Doan, very smart guy. He's been around for a while, and uh, I'm curious to see uh, what the new dynamic is there with uh, Shane Doan and Brad Treliving. Known as as Mr. Coyote, and, and uh, he's been with the organization 
so long after they relocated from from Winnipeg. Um, and and as you say, a real smart guy has got experience uh, with hockey ops uh, with Arizona, but also with uh, Hockey Canada. Uh, he's been part of the the management. Of, of several teams and, and has done a pretty good job there as well. So uh, a good move, uh, uh, sad to say, but it's I think it's a good move by the Toronto <laughs> Maple Leafs. Yeah, we'll wait and see. Uh, I feel like we think a lot of things are good moves, but, you know, as time kind of goes along, we find <laughs> out maybe not. We'll, so we'll see. We'll, we'll monitor that one. Uh, circling back to the Flyers, uh, GM Danny Briere, uh let it know that he will be listening to offers on goaltender Carter Hart. So uh, not too long ago, we did talk about uh, the idea of uh, Carter Hart coming to Montreal. Um, this is a young goaltender. Uh, he came into the league and he looked great. You saw that he could easily be one of the best in the NHL. Uh, last couple seasons on a very bad team, you can kind of tell that he's lost his confidence a bit. He's not that same goalie that he once was, but he's still very, very young. Uh, he'll be probably a reclamation project for whoever acquires him. Does this make sense for Montreal? I mean, I think he'd come in and probably be better than both Jake Allen and Sam Montembeau. Um, but uh, as a long-term project, uh, is this somebody that would be able to handle the pressure of being in Montreal? What are your thoughts uh, on this one, Rick? Those are all good questions. And um, first of all, um, it, it should be obvious. I hope it's obvious uh, that he has a far higher ceiling um, than, than a Sam Montembeau. Uh, younger, he's 24 years old. Uh, Sam's 26, um, and and just even even on a bad team, he's had a, a much better career than than Sam. Uh, he's played in a lot more games, 201 career games, uh, a career 296 uh, goals against, and a 906 uh, save percentage. Um, you know, I I think that um, there's a bit of as I've said before, uh, Sam had a decent season and and. Uh, uh, on the team that he was on, uh, he performed well, but but you know, 342 goals against, 901 save percentage, 16 and 22 record, and has only played 103 career games um, in the NHL. Uh, Carter Hart um, got to see a lot of Carter Hart uh, when we were traveling uh, in the AHL, and and um, and he was you know coming out a junior with uh, huge promise. Um, CHL goaltender uh, of the year, and um, in the AHL, um, I I I thought he he had he struggled, um, and he struggled mostly because um, of his focus, a uh, lack of focus. He'd he'd get lost, or he'd he'd uh, um, you know get in his head about a goal he had given up or a save that he had made, um, and he seemed to to uh, psych him out, himself out. Um, and I would have liked to him uh, liked to have seen him play a lot more in the AHL, but Philadelphia was um, in their goaltending core was ravaged by injuries. They brought him up to the um, NHL far too soon. Um, and funny, uh, he actually performed better uh, in the NHL than he than he did in the AHL. Um, but you know his his he's he's had a um, sports psychologist since he was very young. Um, and that always seemed to be his issue is uh, keeping focus and 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 the mental part of the game. Um, you know, having said that, one of the he, he's a follower of Carey Price, one of the very best uh, technical goaltenders um, in in the league. Um, but if he's having 
issues with with mental focus and and uh, confidence in Philadelphia. How is it going to be under the the spotlight in uh, Montreal? Um, I, you know, that's that's a question I can't answer. Um, I think the other part of this is that um, you know Danny Breer said. Um, yes, uh, Carter Hart's available as as other team as other players are, even a Travis Konechny. Um and he's kind of backed off that a, a bit. Um, and, and it's because he wants a king's ransom for Carter Hart. Uh, the the Philadelphia uh, media are reporting that he wants two, either two first round picks or the equivalent uh, for a Carter Hart. And um, uh, is that is that the 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 place that the Canadians want to uh, spend their draft capital? Yeah, that's a pretty steep price. I was going to say if uh, there was a little bit of a discount and if this was a buying low on Carter Hart, who had a bit of a difficult season, then I could see that as a viable option. But if uh, you're asking for two first round picks or the equivalent, I, I just don't think it's. Uh, value, valuable for the Montreal Canadiens to go out and make that trade. Uh, that's my thought anyway. <laughs> I'm also seeing on on uh, both social media and in the media th- there's some articles written that uh, no, 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 the Canadians don't need to um, to go after Carter Hart, get a younger, um, a, pot- a goalie with high potential. And uh, listen, all Kent Hughes has to do is pick up the phone and he can have his, uh, just take his pick of a Devin Levi or a Yaroslav Askarov or Jesper Wallstead, uh, top prospect in the AHL last year, Dustin Wolf in Calgary. Uh, there's plenty of young goaltenders out there. Just go grab one. Just go make a trade for one. Um, I'm 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 afraid to disappoint you, but those goaltenders aren't available, and they aren't available for a reason. Uh, if you turn on the PS5 and uh, open up GM mode, I'm, I'm sure they could be available <laughs> that way. But uh, yeah, uh, in this scenario, I, I don't think so. I don't think the Sabres are looking to move on from that. And uh, quite frankly, if you are going after one of those goaltenders, it's going to be a similar price, if not more, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And and listen, um, it's it's what we talked about uh, last week um, with Jerome Brube. Uh, that this is one of the best uh, crop of goaltenders at the draft uh, in some years. Um, and so perhaps that's where the Canadians uh, will um, look for their goalie of the future. So in, uh, more trade speculation, and uh, this one, it always comes back to this, but uh, <laughs> Pierre Lebron is reporting that the agent of uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois has advised the Jets general manager, Kevin Shelvildayoff, that he will not sign another contract with Winnipeg. Uh, so that means not a one-year contract uh, as a bridge deal or a long-term contract, anything like that. Uh, he's looking for a trade right here, right now. Uh, LeBron uh, has also uh, reported here that uh, the ask for uh, that uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois has for a contract is uh, $9 million roughly, and uh, that seems pretty steep for uh, a center that's a uh, 60-point center. I, I think that's probably where he peaks out. Uh, good player. Um, I just I don't see the fit here with Montreal, if that's what people are looking at. It always seems like the moment uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, trade rumors come around, people uh, link him back to Montreal. I personally just don't see the fit here. I think uh, Montreal has a good top two centers in uh, Nick Suzuki and uh, Kirby Doc. Uh, you look at uh, what it would cost to, to 
get to uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois from Winnipeg. And uh, Kevin Cheveldayoff is a guy that uh, he, more often than not, seems to get the price that he's looking for. He's not just handing out uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois in exchange for Armia and a second-round pick. I don't, that's not going to be how it goes. I think uh, this trade probably starts with a first-round pick and a top prospect uh, along those lines. Uh, Rick, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois? This story, it just won't go away. And um, yeah, you've got you to be concerned about a player who, um, who has essentially um, engineered trades out of two NHL teams, Columbus and Winnipeg. And, and I know you're going to say, well, you know, look at those franchises. Um, I hate to break it to you, but they're NHL franchises. Uh, mm-hmm. There's only, what, 700 NHL jobs uh, uh, in the world, um, and uh, to be one of those players, and yet to to pout and walk away, and and maybe not perform to your potential, uh, while you have, uh, while you're blessed to have one of those jobs, you know how many uh, players we've talked to at at other levels, uh, at the AHL level or ECHL, who never got the opportunity to play one game. It's that's got to be concerning, uh, very concerning that. Uh, I'll only play for who I want to play for, um, but and and especially I, I think most of us were expecting that, um, you know, he would Pierre Luc Dubois would sign a um, he's he's an RFA uh, this summer he would sign a one year contract and then give the opportunity uh, for Kevin Cheveldayoff to trade him um, during the year perhaps uh, prior to the the trade deadline, um, but no he wants out. Now, um, and then that's that's with his dad in the organization as well. Um, so this this is this is um, really odd. It puts the Jets in a difficult position. But as you said, uh, Kevin Cheveldayoff has been in this position before. Uh, Jacob Truba comes to mind, um, and and he's not going to um, just give uh, this player away. Uh, the other thing is that uh, Pat Brisson, the agent, has said, uh, at least through the reporting in The Athletic, uh, both Arpin Basu and, and um, Pierre Lebrun, that, uh, um, that, that they will provide a list of, of let's say, six teams uh, where um, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois would be interested in going to. So it's not only the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, there will be other bidders uh, in this process. Um, and and the difficulty here, too, is going to be um, not only the assets that uh, will be uh, given up for him, but the, the salary demands. And, and um, you know, we, we hear that, uh, that, that uh, he's looking for uh, the situation will probably be like Severson in a, a sign-and-trade situation, uh, $9 million at uh, eight years is, is the ask. Um, he's, he said that he will uh, adjust the salary down for a contender, uh, contending team, but at that level for a rebuilding team like the Canadians. Um, so who are the teams that may be, in, may be interested? Montreal for sure. Um, he has said that he, he likes the Big Apple. He likes uh, the atmosphere with the New York New York Rangers, uh, it's also speculated that Dallas might be interested. Minnesota, the LA Kings, who we're talking about, Colorado, 
who are going to have injury problems uh, and and might be uh, wanting to add him to uh, the mix. Um, but that $9 million, as, as you said, $9 million for a, a 60 point player, um, at this stage, um, and having to give up, um, some assets. Now, um, we remember that to, to acquire Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, the Jets gave up Patrick Lina and Jack Roslevic, both first round picks, uh, to bring him in. So they're going to be looking for something substantial. We heard that, uh, they asked for uh, Kirby Doc, and why wouldn't they? Uh, they they have to replace uh, Pierre Luc Dubois, and and they might have to replace uh, Mark Shifley as well this this summer. Um, so why wouldn't they ask for for a Doc? Um, or um, yes, uh, the the Habs fifth overall pick plus plus. Um, this is. I don't know. The other thing, and I know that uh, there was a text that I got that said. Um, uh, don't worry, um, Hughes is not going to be interested in uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois because he won't uh, pay more for uh, Dubois, won't meet his demands at $9 million, uh, because remember uh, the salary hierarchy with uh, Suzuki at the top and Caulfield. And interestingly enough, we're going to talk about more about the Combine and more about um, uh, what Kent Hughes said, uh, but he corrected that, and he said uh, that both Caulfield and Suzuki uh, were coming off entry-level contracts, and that's why the salary structure was the way it is. That that hierarchy would not apply to a, a player a year away from uh, UFA status or perhaps a UFA. Um, so there there is a difference there, whether fans understand that that difference or not. Um, this is this is complicated. It's not going to go away, and uh, um, I. You know that that's that's that doesn't even get into the the whole discussion. Do the Canadians need, you know, if you can keep um, a Kirby Doc? Do the Canadians need a Pierre Luc Dubois? Um, there's lots lots of angles to this story, and we're going to be talking about it for a while yet. Yeah, uh, the part I just get hung up on is that uh, he's making a lot of big demands for a 60-point center, and I think at times he's been more of a number two guy in Winnipeg, so it's a, it's a, it's a big ask. I hope this doesn't become a trend around the NHL where guys are starting to make these big uh, demands as RFAs, but uh, yeah, we'll uh, keep you monitored, and I'm sure this will come up uh, many times throughout the summer, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, um, I should say we're likely to see this happen by the end of the month, probably by the draft, because uh, the Jets certainly don't want uh, an offer sheet dropped on Pierre-Luc Dubois and have to match yeah. uh, match that. So um, we're likely going to see some resolution in the next few weeks. Yeah, would be very nice. <laughs> but uh, we will get to our talk about uh, the NHL scouting combine in uh, just a little bit. But first, uh, we'll hear a message from our sponsors, DraftKings, and uh, make sure you stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can make a $5 bet and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY 
or text Hope NY 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort KS. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling sources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash hockey terms. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella, and you can find me on Twitter at the Spinella. With me in the studio is the president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. Make sure to give him a follow on Twitter at Rocket Sports. You can also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, you can check out the website CanadiansConnection.com. Also, just a reminder here to hit that subscribe button in the player on your favorite podcast app so that you never miss a single episode. And as we've talked about a few times off the top of the show, the NHL scouting combine was underway this week. In fact, uh, today, June the 10th, is the last day of it. Uh, So we got to see uh, plenty from some of the top uh, draft-eligible prospects in 2023. Um, some of these prospects, including Connor Bedard, Adam Fantilli, Will Smith, and Leo, Con- uh, Leo Carlson, uh, experienced game two of the Stanley Cup final in Vegas, and uh, they got to talk to the media as well. They seem uh, like pretty good guys. I honestly, listening to their interview that got broadcasted, I would think that they're all like really good friends and very tight knit. Uh, but uh, very interesting guys, uh, and uh, what we're what we are here to talk about though is the 2023 NHL Scouting Combine that was held at KeyBank Center in Buffalo this past week, June the fourth to June tenth. 106 draft eligible prospects participated in a week long event ahead of the NHL uh, draft at Bridgestone Arena in Nashville on uh, June 28th and 29th. And for those who don't know, uh, the NHL uh, Scouted Combine is a pretty big event. Uh, the Combine will allow NHL teams an opportunity to conduct interviews and provide physical and medical assessments uh, to all of the top uh, draft-eligible prospects in 2023. Uh, the schedule for this week, anyway, on June the 4th, uh, it's arrivals on the 5th to the 9th. All 32 NHL teams are eligible to meet with the players for one-on-one interviews, on the 7th, it's uh, medical examinations. On the 9th, media availabilities. And, of course, on the 10th, it, there are some physical evaluations. Uh, so, Rick, seems like there's not been a ton of coverage on it this year. I felt like last year there was a lot of talk with uh, Shane Wright and uh, Uri Slavkovsky, but n- not too much this year. Uh, have you been able to follow it at all? Well, then you missed uh, this tweet by our dear friend Russ Cohn, at Sportsology, uh, on this morning, uh, just ahead of some of those physical tests, um, he was um, he was following Caden Price. Caden Price, uh, one of the defensive prospects, uh, played in in the CHL um, this past year for the Kelowna Rockets. And uh, Russ tweeted, uh, Caden Price uh, puked up his breakfast before the Wingate test today. Uh, oh, hashtag twenty twenty three NHL draft before. Before the Wingate test, so uh, <laughs> um, it's it's 
the combine is is an interesting event, and it, it's as you said, sometimes uh, it's underreported. Sometimes it goes unnoticed by uh, have, uh, by uh, NHL fans, hockey fans in general. Uh, but it's a really important last look at the prospects before um, the the teams make their their draft selections. Um, real nice complex uh, in Buffalo, both the the KeyBank Center, the NHL rink, and the Harbor Center, which is uh, attached, which is their their uh, practice facility. Um, and from all over uh, come these uh, 106 prospects. Uh, there's all the GMs, all the scouts. Media are there, uh, although we wouldn't know this year uh, there, um, mm-hmm. and and follow these these uh, prospects, uh, just looking for a new piece of information that they don't have already have. Um, you know, people were were following with great interest uh, this morning about the height me- measurements of of some of the players, um, and yeah, there's the medicals, the physical tests, uh, the character interviews. Uh, the Canadians are famous for their character interviews run by sports psychologist Dr. David Scott. And and his uh, favorite question is, what kind of animal are you? We'll hear some answers to that in a second. And there's also um, the informal interviews, uh, the dinners that happen. We remember famously, uh, Yuri Slavkovsky said uh, he didn't get a dinner, uh, but what he got, the conversation he got, was better than dinner last year um <laughs> so uh it's 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 a chance to just glean any extra information uh from the prospects as uh the teams uh, make their final decisions and uh, i think one thing i will uh, point out right off the top is uh mitchkov was not attending uh, the combine uh, due to his russian background uh they've not had uh, russian background uh background players at uh, the combine the last uh, couple of years at least but uh, there are <laughs> well there has been plenty of news about connor bedard Rick, I don't know if you've heard about this Connor Bedard kid, but he seems to have completely stolen the spotlight here at uh, the <laughs> NHL Scouting Combine. Actually, this morning on uh, Saturday the 9th, he uh, was maxing out the VO2 bike test, and uh, there's a little video of him. And uh, yeah, he looks like he's struggling, but he's doing a pretty good job. I guess uh, he's quite athletic. Um, that's a, interesting, that's a uh, miserable test, just an absolutely yeah. miserable test no one looked like they were enjoying it they had all the prospects on this video and it just looked brutal i would never want to do this test personally the, the, and, uh, a couple guys uh, sorry i was just going to say the scary thing the, the the scariest comment i heard uh this week from Connor bedard was that he was going to spend the summer learning how to score more goals uh that he was going to oh. going to p- figure out how he could uh, p- uh score more goals net front uh that he wanted to add that to his uh, repertoire um for next season so um yeah look out for that yeah there might honestly just be nothing he can't do by the time he gets <laughs> to the nhl so pretty excited about that uh, a couple players that uh, did not uh, participate in the the final day workouts are adam fantilli and uh, leo carlson uh not sure how that will end up impacting things but uh, is something that's worth noting uh to me i think the big part about uh, the combine that would be interesting to fans is uh, the interviews like Montreal does have a pretty high uh, draft pick, picking number five. They also have a second uh, 
first round pick that's probably going to be 31 or 32 and it's interesting to see some of the players that they do reach out and uh, provide interviews to uh you mentioned uh, that sometimes they'll do informal ones uh, going out to, to lunch or something has been uh, reported that uh ryan leonard zach benson and uh, gabriel perot have not eaten with uh, the montreal canadians <laughs> at least as of thursday night uh but a few players that they did uh, reach out to for interviews. Uh, they had Dvorsky, uh, Will Smith, uh, Colby Barlow, Ryan Leonard, uh, Matthew Catterford, uh, Carson uh, Bjarnason, Kalen Lind. Uh, they're really just covering all their bases uh, for uh, those first two uh, uh, first-round picks. And uh, they, they do have some interesting questions. Uh, Rick, you mentioned this off the top of the show. Uh, what are uh, What's the Canadians' approach to the interview? Well, it's it's trying to ask offbeat questions uh, that they wouldn't be able to prepare for. Uh, one of them has become quite famous in what kind of animal would you be? Trying to figure out um, how they view themselves, what their what their on and off site uh, off ice uh, persona is. Um, and um, Kent Hughes said, you know, they every year they. Um, they hear lion as as a typical answer, and and I think um, this year they've outlawed that answer. Uh, but he said that that they've um, this. I think now that uh, uh, prospects know this question is coming, so he said we're we're hearing far more interesting answers <laughs> uh, this year than we have in the past. Um, I I saw that uh, goaltender Michael Rabble uh, was asked, um, and and. And he was asked. He said he was asked this question. Is it had to have come from the Canadians? What animal he compare himself to? He said, "Off ice, a panda, uh, because he's calm and focused. On ice, he's a gorilla." And uh, keep in mind, we've talked about Michael Rabel before. He's six foot six, uh, so uh, that 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 seems to uh, fit pretty well. Uh, you had uh, you noticed one as well. Yeah, Ryan Leonard uh, was asked the same question. It seems like there's, it's almost like a two-parter where which animal are you off ice and on ice? Uh, for Ryan Leonard, he said off ice that he's a shark. Uh, he's a pretty big leader in the dressing room and kind of a go-getter. And then on the ice, he's just a beast, which <laughs> I think that's a pretty good answer. I don't know if a beast really qualifies as an animal, but I think that gets the point across and that uh, really does speak to the style of play that he has. I think that, uh, uh, sorry, just to say that, that, that w- those weren't the only questions that were, were asked. Uh, they're really yeah. <laughs> trying to, to, to dig down and, and find out about the character uh, of, of uh, these prospects and also uh, whether they can handle the pressure of being um, under the spotlight in, in a hockey crazed town like Montreal and be able to stand up to uh, the, the pressure um, and the, um, almost interrogation at times by the by the media. Um, Dalibor Dvorsky was asked, uh, you know, with w- whether the questions were tough, and he said, uh, "No." He said, "I had fun. They asked good questions. I hope I offered good answers." Um, I, I thought it was was odd that Leo Carlson, um, Leo Carlson, if if you know, he speaks uh, multiple languages, but in uh, English. He stutters. Um, he also stuttered in in Swedish, but he's he's gotten past that, and and uh, um, he said that he just gets nervous, more nervous in in English. 
Um, and that, that the Montreal Canadiens actually asked him about his stutter, and they're the only te- team to have done that. Uh, but perhaps that was, uh, that was all about finding out how he would be able to uh, respond to the media. He was also asked uh, his favorite Canadiens player, uh, and he said he admired uh, P.K. Subban. That's an interesting pick. I like that. Um, yeah, the Montreal Canadiens, depending on which prospect you talk to, some are saying that they're the more difficult interview. Others are saying just like that. They they had fun with it. It uh, wasn't too bad, and they kind of knew what they were expecting, especially after uh, last year. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens made headlines for asking some pretty odd questions. Uh, I think this year they've toned that down a little bit, uh, <laughs> didn't they, Rick? <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's what uh, uh, Kent Hughes said, that, that they uh, didn't like that reputation, so they, they've uh, uh, made the questions a little more straightforward uh, this year. Yeah, and uh, Kent Hughes did have a bit of a, I, I guess, a shorter press availability uh, based on some of the links of some of the other press availabilities we've had from him in the past. Uh, the majority of it was in French. Uh, not a whole lot uh, came in uh, in English, unfortunately, but uh, we did uh, get to hear his thoughts on a few different things. Um, he, he talked about a few different players that he liked, and uh, he talks about his strategy approaching this draft. Uh, we'll circle back to this one, but uh, I think the one that I think we should be keeping in mind here is he said, I think at the end of the day, we want the best player available. So I, I won't spoil too much because we're going to circle back to what that could mean a little bit later. Yeah. Who is the best player and um, and how do they determine the best player? Um, he spent a lot of time um, talking about um, Matt Michkov and and I think and in addition to other players and and I think. I mean, it's normal for um, for media. It's normal for fans to try and interpret what does this mean. You know, can we figure out from what he said? Um, you know, whether they're they're choosing Michkov, whether they're not. Um, and um, he, you know, he. I would say he he was pretty cautious. Uh, translated, he said, uh, with Russian players. Um, there is the the geopolitical element um, and his contract status. We know he's signed for with a KHL team uh, for th- um, uh, three years, and so he said. Uh, Kent Hughes said we have to do our homework. However, we have to evaluate him first and foremost as a hockey player and compare compare him to the other players. So um, I think that was the most important part of what he said. Is yes, that that's going to factor in uh, those those. Uh, off ice issues and and the the atmosphere in Russia and and the contract status, um, but he must be evaluated on his talent and and with all in in all the aspects uh, how he lines up against the other players. Um, the the other issue, um, you know, Kent Hughes mentioned that um, it's not like uh, after that those three years he's guaranteed to come to North America. Uh, it's possible uh, that he can sign uh, uh, his next contract in Russia. Now, um, talking to the player itself or the interviews we heard with the player itself and through uh, his assistant coach, um, it sounds like he's pretty anxious to play against the best players in the world, and the best players in the world are obviously in the NHL. So um, that's you know, why Kent is throwing that out is, is a question in itself. And the other part of that is um, uh, Kent Hughes said uh, no one in the organization has seen him play live 
um, this season. Uh, he said, ideally, we like to see him in person, uh, but he said, I think the videos have given us a certain idea and we have enough people to evaluate his game. Um, so a very complicated case um, and a very cryptic kind of uh, message uh, from uh, Kent Hughes. And, and uh, I, you know, I, I think there's a number of ways it can be taken. Yeah, I think just uh, doing a little bit of scrolling and a little bit of reading, uh, it seems like a lot of uh, media are taking that to mean that uh, they might not have interest in taking Michkov. I don't know if that's fair based off of what Ken Hughes has said. I, I don't know that that's really what he's been hinting at. Uh, but uh, I I do like his answer to this. There are a lot of aspects to this. I don't think that uh, this is a simple case. This might honestly be the most complex situation that we've had in a draft in a number of years now. Uh, you know, the talent is there. You know he's going to be good, but... Uh, like we said, the contract and uh, all the other situations going on with Russia. Uh, Matt Vey, uh, Michkov, it's it's going to be interesting to see where he lands. And if he's available at five, I think uh, the Canadians could really be setting the tone based on what they decide to do with that pick. And uh, I, he, I guess, I guess uh, just to add to that, um, yeah. uh, you know, trying to determine what he's getting at, I'll just remind uh, our audience uh, that Kent Hughes said, uh, he said it a few times, but he said it right in his opening uh, press conference. Um, he, he's an agent. He knows how to use the media. And he said he will be using the media to send messages. Um, who, I guess the question is, uh, in this case, was he being transparent uh, about his draft strategy or was this a bluff? Was he sending a message uh, to fans? Was he sending a message to media or was he sending a message to other GMs? Um, and, and the only thing I will, uh, remind or, 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 uh, remind myself, I guess, is last year, um, the Canadians had the first overall pick. They had complete control. They didn't have to worry about who was going to be taken ahead of them. Um, and, uh, the question I'll ask is, did Hughes give any hint that they would be selecting Slavkovsky? in order to prepare the, the fan base for no Shane Wright? Because I know a few people have said, uh, oh, well, this, this is, uh, his comments are just, he's hinting that they won't take uh, Michkov this year because he wants to prepare the fan base because there's a lot of fans who would like Michkov and, and he's just trying to let them down easy. Did he do that last year when he had full control and when the entire fan base, the vast majority of the fan base was clamoring for Shane Wright? No, he didn't. Um, so I, I, you have to wonder, is this just a message um, that he's sending to, to other GMs that, who are trying to figure out uh, where, uh, who the Canadians are, are going to be picking? And in that way, um, is, is, is this a way of saying, okay, we're not taking uh, Michkov, but maybe we'll take Smith or maybe we'll take... Leonard, or maybe we'll take a player who a team behind them uh, might be coveting, and uh, where they will want to reach out to Kent and say, "Hey, what do you want? What what would it take to get that number five uh, pick? And could the Canadians still get their pick at um, if they drop down a couple?" There's a lot going on here. It's 3D chess. It isn't as yeah. straightforward as you think it is. Kent Hughes is up to something with these messages. 
Yeah, I think that's a very good point to bring up. And uh, yeah, I, I personally, I'm not to, I'm not sure that there was a clear message here to the fans at all. And uh, I'm interested to see how this plays out. I think uh, Michkov is probably the most interesting pick in this whole draft where he's going to end up. Yeah, you kind of know where a lot of the other players will end up, but uh, Michkov. You, he could go in the top five. He could go in the teens. You don't really know at this point. There's just a lot to consider. Uh, another player that uh, we'd uh, get to hear from is uh, Will Smith. Uh, I Personally, I'm not going to talk about what Kent Hughes had to say about him right away, but I think Will Smith had an interesting quote when talking about the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, what he said was, I think I can help the CH. Uh, thanks to my vision of the game. Obviously, the first player I like to play with is Cole Caulfield. We would have fun together, I think. I, I really do like that from Will Smith and uh, calling out uh, his uh, fe fellow American and uh, Cole Caulfield. I know a lot of fans do uh, like the Will Smith pick, uh, but uh, Will Smith may or may not be available come number five. And Will Smith does have some interesting connections with Ken Hughes. He absolutely does. Uh, Ken Hughes uh, coached him when he was much younger, 15 years of age. Um, and, and Will Smith said that uh, Hughes was a great coach and was the first coach um, that emphasized the importance of, of two-way hockey to him. Um, Ken Hughes, uh, it's been a few years, he says that Will Smith has changed, obviously. Um, but he, he let it be known that uh, he had texted uh, with Will Smith's parents uh, to emphasize that connection that he has with this player. And uh, did you have any other uh, comments there on uh, Will Smith, or uh, should we uh, go on to Ryan well, Leonard? Well, I yeah, I, th I think that that Will Smith is is ab is absolutely um, you know one of of the players that uh, the the fan base would be uh, interested in having. But you know, we've seen in the mocks that uh, he may or may not be available at, with uh, for the Canadians with the number five pick. Yeah, I think that's exactly the point. And if you are someone that goes and looks at a lot of the mock drafts on The Athletic or TSN and Sportsnet, you do see Will Smith at times can be ranked as high as number three or sometimes he's number five. So it would be interesting to see where he lands. And the talents there, I've liked what I've heard from him and it seems like it could be a good fit. I'm reminded of player. <laughs> I'm reminded of a quote from Jerome Brube from last week's uh, podcast. You might want to go listen to that uh, episode 246 of the Canadians Connection. And he said, "If you only go on YouTube and watch highlights, you'll be convinced yep. that Will Smith is the best <laughs> best player in the draft." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, another player that uh, I think could be an interesting fit for the Montreal Canadiens is uh, Ryan Leonard. Uh, Kent Hughes did have some nice things to say about Ryan Leonard, and quite timely, uh, Kent Hughes uh, compared him to the Kachucks in his style of play, and uh, we know uh, Ryan Leonard's answer to what kind of animal he would be, and that would be a beast. So you, you think uh, he's probably a physical-type player, a power forward. Uh, what are you thinking uh, about Ryan Leonard and his potential as a Montreal Canadian? Well, uh, Ryan Leonard has been a favorite of some of our draft experts, particularly Sam Cosentino, uh, that uh, you need a Ryan Leonard type of player, uh, ultra competitive um, and wills uh, the team to win and especially important in the playoffs. And, and with Kent Hughes um, saying Ryan Leonard's name in the same sentence as uh, Brady and Matthew Kachuk and, and on the same, just, uh, you know, at, at the same time that Matthew Kachuk was, 
um, tying the uh, scored the tying goal against Vegas uh, to to get a win for his team. Um, you know that that uh, the images that uh, that creates for uh, Canadians fans, especially um, in passing on on uh, Kachuk in in the draft. Uh, this this is you know this this caused. Uh, a bit of a stir, and and as you said, might even change uh, the betting odds uh, for next week. We'll keep an eye on that. Uh, but he is a player um, who maybe uh, at the you know a few weeks back, uh, Canadians fans weren't as familiar with um, a member of that uh, um, uh, important line on the U.S. Uh, national development team with Will Smith and Gabe Perot, um, who were just dominant. Um, he would be a very interesting pick, and and uh, I like this player very much. Uh, I will say, too, uh, doing some reading, it seems like a lot of reporters went out of their way to point out that uh, Kent Hughes's uh, eyes lit up when he was asked about Ryan Leonard. I, I don't know how much I can really read into that. I, I think most people's eyes would light up and they'd be excited with the potential of drafting a Ryan Leonard. Uh I don't think that means that it's a sure thing that Montreal would take him. Uh, do you think that uh, uh, Ken Hughes' body language or an indication for anything here, Rick? Yeah, again, you don't know what's genuine, and and um, you, you you just you don't you don't know what his his uh, uh, purpose is. And and uh, his quote was uh, about Ryan Leonard: "You just have to see him play, and his strength comes out right away. He's a guy who plays in the style of Matthew." Or Brady Kachuk, he's really physically aggressive. He plays intense, intensely, and gives his effort to each presence. Um, that's you know that's uh, that's high praise. And and uh, whether that was genuine, whether he's sending a message, we just don't know. Um, you know, Ryan Leonard said he he loved the interview. Uh, he thought it was a, a very cordial atmosphere. Thought there was in the limited time. A pretty good connection. He was also he also uh, knows Kent, um, and um, Kent was uh, his advisor as well. So uh, there was there was a um, a relationship there uh, in the past, and and uh, um, he also uh, talked about summer camps uh, with Marty St. Louis. So um, <laughs> there's all kinds of good vibes going on with Will Smith, with Ryan Leonard. Um, is it genuine? Is it a bluff? Is it a, you know, a curveball? We just don't know at this point. I think a player that uh, a lot of people are kind of torn about is uh, David Reinbacker. Uh, this is a guy that uh, is, I think his draft stock has really risen in the past few months. I, I know that some people had him in the top 10 around January and it's just gone up and up and up. Uh, some people are saying that he could be a top five pick and that uh, there are some people in the Montreal Canadiens uh, front office that really do like this player. Uh, David Reinbacker is someone that does have that top pairing uh, defenseman potential, and he is a right shot. Uh, we know how much that is coveted. Um, hearing uh, in uh, Reinbacher's uh, availability, what he had to say about his play is uh, he said, I would say that my defensive game is at a at a at the top of the things I want to work on uh, my work in front of the net, the way I get the puck out of the territory, that kind of stuff. So uh, David Reinbacker, uh, I think he's an interesting, I don't know if fans would be upset about this one, but uh, like uh, you and I have talked about a little bit, it really feels like there are some uh, scouts in that uh, Montreal office that are pushing for Reinbacker at five potentially. 
Yeah, and and that's because um, you know it's it's not that uh, Rhinebacker has the wow factor, but because a defenseman, a top pairing defenseman, especially on the right side, um, are so hard to to get, and that's that's an area where the Canadians just don't have that player. We've heard Jeff Gorton say a number of times, uh, we still don't have that player in the organization. Um, we, we need uh, that player, and the only way to get that kind of a player is to draft them. Now, um, I know that Canadians fans are kind of pushing back and saying, uh, yeah, but look at all the talented, for the ultra-skilled forwards uh, that are there. And, and yeah, for me, that would be hard to... Um, it, it would be hard to pass on, on those uh, to add a defenseman. But you understand that some of the members of, of the hockey ops, the scouting staff, uh, see that, that this is a chance to get one of those defensemen. Um, and if the Canadians are going to be improving and, and maybe even pushing for a playoff spot um, uh, next season, are they going to be in a position to draft one of those defensemen? We just don't know. So... Um, in doing the due diligence, uh, yes, he is a player, um, obviously, on uh, the Montreal Canadiens' radar. And, and um, here's uh, what Kent Hughes had to say about him. I mean, I've watched it. I didn't see so much of him at the Worlds as, as on video. And, um, but he's, a, uh, you know, he's, he's rated the top defenseman in the draft for a reason. He's uh, big. He's, he defends very well. He's got a very mature defensive game um, which often you see the reverse right like that's the last part of the game to come he's an efficient puck mover so he's, he's a talented talented prospect so was he as effervescent as he was about Ryan Leonard no he wasn't uh, um, but was he was he you know guarding his cards um, uh, we just don't know uh, but but trust us that that uh, Rhinebacker is certainly on the Canadians radar yeah, I mean, despite the tone of his voice, he did say a lot of very good things about this player. It really does sound like he's got a good uh, a good idea of what he might get in a David Rhinebacker. And uh, yeah, again, this uh, if he is available at number five and, uh, and Montreal is uh, still picking a number five, it, it would be interesting to see them take a top uh, pairing defenseman. Uh, it's hard to miss uh, on some of those uh, high-end forwards, but uh, sometimes... It's it's not the sexy pick, but sometimes it uh, it is very important for a team to go ahead and uh, pick that top pairing right shot defenseman, which uh, you, you don't always get that. And we've seen uh, some of those uh, just right shot defensemen in general. We've seen some of them move uh, in trades at a premium, you know, first round picks and stuff like that. So uh, I do think that Ryan Backer could be a really good fit uh, for Montreal. Yeah, it's, uh, well, as I said, on the radar for sure, and and, uh, certainly someone that they are considering. So what is the draft strategy here for the Montreal Canadiens? Well, it uh, doesn't sound like uh, Montreal is going out of their way to target a specific position, but uh, like I teased at the beginning here, uh, Ken Hughes did say that he is looking for the best player available. I think at the end of the day, you want the best player available. But if we're talking about different shades of the same color, and you had a team that, you know, let's say, excuse me, for example, if we were comparing a left shot D to a right shot D, and we felt they were both of equal talent, we'd probably take the right shot D. Yeah. So it, it's uh, it would be a factor. Same if it were, uh, you know, a 
left versus a right shot winger or if it were a really good goalie and we felt we, we didn't have enough depth in the organization. But ultimately, you know, we're going to go with the most talented player. Go with the most talented player. Um, Sounds simple. It is. Yeah. All you have to do um, if you have a favorite rating agency is go to their publication. Oh, go to the, the um, well, what, what will I pick? Uh, the, hockey, the Hockey Prospect Black Book. And I just look up the fifth best player, and that, that's for sure who the Canadians are going to take. But let's let's hear the next clip to see if that's if if that's exactly <laughs> what Kent Hughes is talking about. There was, like I said before, it's not like we have a report card and we say this player rates here in skill, skating, sense, competitiveness, and if you don't meet this, there may be one guy who's just off the charts in skill, but he's not quite as high in another area. But we're, we think that the the combination of factors makes him the best candidate. We'll do it. It's not good players have to be perfect and balanced and, and that's why you know Nick Suzuki is a different person and different attributes than Cole Caulfield but they're two very important players to our team this is hugely important because he's saying will determine who's the best available um not by uh not by a particular skill that they have uh not by totaling up a report card um of of all the aspects um we're going to um, determine um, what makes uh, that the combination of factors that makes them the best player available for us. Um, and and listen, there's no question when you look at that draft strategy, um, the Canadians last year said, uh, Kent Hughes said exactly the same thing, best player available. However, uh, did they key in on on um, a team need in size? Absolutely. We heard those. Uh, discussions behind the scenes. Jeff Gordon was saying, uh, we've got to get bigger. Uh, we need size. We, we need to draft size. Their analytics folks were saying, we need to draft size and we need to draft size early. Um, so uh, Slavkovsky was the best player available for them according to their criteria. And that criteria includes um, uh, a team need. Um, so this is, this is uh, I think, an important point uh, when we start throwing around that best uh, player available uh, tag. Yeah, I think this is a point where you have to start considering the fit, right? I think best fit available, right? Is that yeah. a better way to put that? Sure. Yeah, and I, I think that makes good sense for them. Uh, what they think will end up being the deciding factor, or the player they decide will end up being the best fit, I think that's still a little bit up for grabs, and very much it's going to be dependent on what happens uh, with picks one through four, that's for sure. Uh, I don't know that uh, we really have a clear direction as to where Ken Hughes is going with this draft, right? The only clue that he gave as far as factors that influence him he used the word competitive um, so be sure that any player that they pick at five is going to be competitive yeah I, I hope that most players in the draft are somewhat competitive at least uh, but uh, maybe if you're looking for the most competitive ah oh, well out of all the competitive quotes I've heard today I think uh, you know Ryan Leonard but <laughs> even then I don't think that that's really how this is gonna go there were plenty of things that were said behind the scenes in the interviews these guys have spent the whole uh, past 
year or like even beyond that going back years and years and years uh, learning about these players doing everything about them so I, I do think that the Montreal Canadiens are going to go in they're going to make what they believe is the most informed decision and all in all like Ken Hughes says they will pick the best player available for them exactly so I think uh, that's a good place to leave it off. Uh, we will get to our uh, third segment pretty soon. It's a have your say segment, and uh, I will uh, let you know uh, so you have some time to think about it during the break what our Canadians Connection question of the week is. And it relates pretty well to what we just talked about. Uh, the question is, what's the most in- important quality to you when selecting a prospect? Size, skill, statistics, testing performance or character let us know we want to make sure we hear from you and uh, on that note we will take our final break here on the canadians connections podcast Uh, stay with us this is canadians connection on rocket sports radio the canadians connection is proud to be a partner of rocket sports media digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed engaged entertained and connected learn more about rsm its team and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com i bet you enjoy sporting your best habs jerseys dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest habs gear and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink well don't just show your friends show your habs The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Welcome back to episode 247 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and you can check out the website, CanadiansConnection.com. Also, just a reminder here, you can text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line. That's 5853-ROCKET. That's 5853-ROCKET. We love to hear from our listeners, and uh, definitely make sure you reach out to us and let us know the answer to our Canadians Connection question of the week, or just anything you have on, on your mind, anything about the episode that you just listened to, or a previous episode. We want to make sure we hear from you. Just make sure that you let us know your first name and where you're from. That way we know who we are talking to, and uh, 
we do sometimes read those uh, on air, and uh, we have one coming in a little bit, coming from Antoine and uh, Gatineau. But first, it's a pretty busy offseason that we're heading into, and uh, I'm going to let you all the best ways to keep track of these Montreal Canadiens. First and foremost, make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. Just search at all Habs, and you will find plenty of great content here. Uh, you will find uh, the Habs Hockey Report from Amy, but also we started uh, putting a few draft-related interviews into our YouTube feed. Uh, Rick, uh, what, what is it that you will find on our YouTube channel now? Um, it's, uh, as you said, Amy's, uh, every week she puts out, uh, every Thursday she puts out, uh, a weekly video that uh, on a particular topic this uh, past week it was on the signing of Cole Caulfield, um, and she had actually made a prediction about uh, his contract uh, a few months back, and, and so you're going to want to watch that. But as you said, uh, for those that want to enjoy our podcast, not only on um, your favorite podcast app, we're available on all of them. Uh, but for those that want to um, uh, listen to it on uh, YouTube, we've made it available. Um, and there are three episodes of the Canadians Connection with all the draft experts up on YouTube. And uh, be sure to, it's a pretty active uh, channel, so uh, be sure you're subscribed uh, so you don't miss anything. And be sure you like uh, and comment on uh, the episodes. Yeah, I always mention that uh, on Amy Johnson's Habs Hockey Report uh, that it's always good to leave a comment because she's always going to respond to them. Uh, on some of our Canadians Connections episodes that we have posted on there, make sure you're commenting on those as well because we have been going through and replying to a lot of people. Uh, we love hearing opinions from all our listeners and viewers, so make sure you reach out to us. And uh, as always, if we like it enough, uh, there's a good opportunity that we will end up reading it on air just like Amy Johnson does. Also, make sure that you're subscribed to both of our Rocket uh, Sports Radio podcasts on your favorite podcast app. Uh, first and foremost, every Tuesday, The Press Zone comes out. You can find that at thepresszone.fm, hosted by Amy Johnson and our AHL guru, Patrick Williams. They do a great AHL coverage uh, during the Laval Rocket season. They uh, talk about the Laval Rocket quite a bit, Habs prospects. If you like all of that, make sure you tune into The Press Zone. They do great coverage on that. And also make sure you subscribe to this podcast, The Canadians Connection. You can find it at canadiansconnection.fm. All the episodes are up there. If you've missed any of our uh, draft experts' interviews, you can go on there and you can check those out as well. Uh, we're going to be here every single Saturday throughout the busy offseason. Uh, we know some of your favorite radio stations and other podcasts that you listen to will stop making Montreal Canadiens content throughout the summer, but we keep it going. We always find something fun to talk about. Uh, we did this all last summer. We've done this every single Saturday for a number of years now, and... Uh, like I said, uh, it is episode 247 of this podcast, but Rick, I know uh, you've been doing this for, what? are we coming up on 500 episodes yet? Uh, we're pretty close. Uh, of course, it started, the roots of uh, a podcast uh, started with uh, Habs 360, uh, Chris G with the host uh, back in the 2012-13 uh, season, and, and Habs 360 ran for 245 episodes. Uh, we have, uh, as we've said, uh, 247, ep this is the 247th episode uh, of the Canadians Connection. We also have three bonus episodes, so we're uh, close to 250 in total on uh, uh, Rocket Sports. Uh, we're getting very close to that 500 milestone number. So our Canadians Connection question of the week 
What's the most important quality to you when selecting a prospect? Is it size? Is it skill, statistics, testing performance, or character? Make sure you reach out to us and let us know. And that Rocket Sports text line that you can reach out to us on is 5853-ROCKET. You can reach out to us in a lot of different ways, but uh, last week we were reached out to by Antoine and Gatineau. And uh, Rick, what does Antoine have to say to us? He sent us an email. The email came at uh, hello at rocketsports.com. Media.com and Antoine and Gatineau says, uh, quote, really loved your series with all three draft experts, especially enjoyed hearing from uh, Berube, Jerome Berube from the Hockey Prospect about his job as a scout. Yeah, what does a scout do? A great uh, uh, intro to that uh, segment by Jerome. Um, Antoine goes on to say, great guess. Problem is, I've changed my mind three times about the who, about the, who the Hab should pick, LOL. Um, which is, thank you, Antoine, a great email. Um, and, uh, um, I, I think it's important there. What's important for me, what I take away is that we're providing people information that they didn't already have. And, and not only repeating, um, the, the same information from the same people or the same sources, uh, these, these were three experts that, that we had, uh, in Russ Cohn, um, in Sam Cosentino and uh, Jerome Berube. Um, and they're, they're, when we asked them for the top three um, uh, players who should be in the conversation for the Montreal Canadiens with that fifth overall pick, there wasn't a lot of overlap. And so we got really detailed scouting reports on Matvey Michkov, Will Smith, Ryan Leonard, Zach Benson, David Reinbacker, and uh, Dalibor Dvorsky. Um, so for any, if, if, uh, you want to make sure you're ready for the draft, uh, you want to look for those episodes, um, uh, Canadians connection episode, uh, 243, 244 and 245, uh, with the draft draft experts. Um, and, and listen, as, as Russ Cohn said, this is one of the better top tens in the last maybe 10 years. Um, so you're going to want to make sure that you're prepared, uh, for the player that the Canadians uh, select. Uh, really appreciate uh, the message there, Antoine, and uh, I agree with you. I really enjoyed listening to that part as well. Uh, in fact, most of these interviews I've listened to a couple of times just because there are just so many names that they throw out and such good analysis. So I do welcome everyone to go back and uh, re-listen to some of those interviews, get different opinions, because I think the water's a little bit money when it, be, when it comes to who should be uh, the pick at number five. So definitely uh, you're welcome to go back and listen to all of those and uh, a few times as well so coming up uh, in the next week it is going to be f1 weekend in montreal next oh, saturday uh, it's going to be busy so we'll do our best to keep all the car engine noises <laughs> out of our uh, recording but uh, for now that's going to be a wrap for us uh, make, thank you all for listening uh, please make sure you subscribe to the canadians connection podcast in the player or on any of your favorite podcast apps uh, also you can share it on social media if you liked what you heard today enjoy the week and we'll be back here next saturday it's june the 17th already for another great episode. Thank you all for listening to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens. Mm-hmm.